635, you've been good to me. Practice tonight at 
for being here this morning. Grab your hymn books now. Let's all stand together. Welcome back to church. Brother Ken's going to come lead us as we make a joyful noise this morning. Brother Ken. Amen. Page number 22 today. Are you washed in the blood? We'll do that first, second, and last verse. Page number 22 this morning in your blue song book. Page 22. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Trusting in His grace is out. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood? In the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white? still flows this morning. Say amen. Boy, I'm glad to see you. Brother Peck, would you come open us up into the uh, pray for us this morning? Take us to the throne of grace while Brother Peck is coming. A couple of quick requests. I gave you most of these in my Sunday school downstairs for those of you that are with us. Pray for Brother Johnny Martin as he continues to recuperate from his stage four cancer. Treatments are undergoing. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a bit, but pray for him. We had a whole slew of requests downstairs. I'm going to ask you to pray for services today. Uh, if we're here, we need the presence of the Lord here. Amen? And if he's not here, we might as well shut the door and go to the house. But let's ask the Lord to meet with us today. Brother Peck, come pray for us if you would, please. Bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day you've given us to be out in your house. Lord, we pray we're not ever taking for granted the blessings to be have the freedom to come to church. Lord, you put it on our minds to come. There'll be a, there's something here for us today. And Lord, I know each one of these years is seeking something. If it's a yes. help, help, finances, it's a, a salvation. Lord, I know that uh, you be within the services. Lord, we also pray for the ones that uh, ask for prayer for sickness. Uh, Lord, we have many here that have cancer needs that uh, dealing with that. 
We also pray, Lord, for our pastor. Bless him, Lord. Fill him with the Spirit today that only you can fill him. Lord, he's just a man. He needs you. And we love you for all the things you do for us. And, Lord, we also pray for uh, our country. I pray, Lord, for America. Lord, it's going through a lot of turmoil. A lot of things going on there. I pray, Lord, you bless our president. He's just a man. Lord, I pray you give him guidance. Strengthen him, Lord, to get, do the right things, lead our country. We also pray, Lord, that you be with us in a mighty way. Believe the singing, the preaching. Lord, we just love you and we need you. For it's in Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Peck. You can be seated this morning. Love, love, love this song, Kyla Classic, Royal Descendant. You listen to the choir this morning as we sing. I can tell you I'm nothing And I would be telling the truth I can say I am worthless A hopeless sinner, that's true But that's just part of the story I haven't told everything For I was lost, reborn And raised a child of the King I am a royal descendant of a King Bloodline of David, that's who 
this world can I stand and say such a thing to say I am loyal and to claim my father's a king I'll have to take you to an altar where it happened many years ago I met this king I was washed in his blood and that's all I know I am a royal descendant of a king to say God's been good to you. Amen. I love this song. Love to hear Brother Ken sing it. God's been good to you this morning. I want you to worship him because he's worthy of our praise. Amen. Bible tells us if we don't, the rocks will do it in our stead. I don't know about you. I don't want a rock to steal my praise. You listen as Brother Ken sings. He's been good to me. I've been spared pain and misery Even when I played the fool Your unseen hand was there protecting me Though I've had my share of troubles I must confess to this reality when I look back on my yesterdays, I have to raise my hands and say, Lord, you've been good to me.
confessed to all my sins, forgiveness would be mine. And faithful to your promise, you've cleansed every stain that sin had left behind. And just like it never happened, you held me in your arms so tenderly. Assured me of your mercy, restored my soul completely. Oh Lord, you've been good to me. You've been good to me. And I just want to Amen, choir. Well done. I got lots and lots and lots of things to go over, you, over with you this morning before our little ones head out. So I'm, most of this is in your bulletin, although I've got several things 
that or not, so let me run through these quickly this morning. First of all, choir practice tonight. Uh, if you're not, a, uh, uh, haven't already chatted with me and you're joining with the choir, if you'd please let me know right after services today so that uh, we can get your stuff ready. That is uh, for choir practice at 445. Keep that in mind if you would. Also, a reminder uh, about the 2019 envelopes. If you haven't gotten those for tithing, please see Brother Scott, Miss Teresa today. And we're still looking for a few folks uh, who will help. I need about three more folks who will help sign up for our college meals. If you would please uh, help me with that by the end of today. Today, I'd sure appreciate it. A reminder that we are participating with County Line Christian Church to help with their clothes closet. The sizes that they're in need of are listed there at the bulletin. Ladies sizes 2 through 8. Men sizes uh, 2X to 5X. All of that information is in your bulletin. Uh, and then a uh, couple of other things that are not in your bulletin, and then we'll go through lots of stuff this morning. Uh, we are looking for some folks who can help with uh, uh, visiting and taking things to our shut-ins. Brother Sam usually does that for us, but Miss Ava is sick. Uh, she's got pneumonia again, happens to her every year. So we need some folks who will help with that. If you'd please see Miss Leanne, uh, if you could do one person a month, that would sure be a blessing. We got a page full of shut-ins. So if you could do one a month, that would be a blessing. Uh, I would sure appreciate that. I want to direct everyone's attention to the calendar of activities for 2019 that are listed in your bulletin. We got lots of stuff here, uh, lots of new things, and I'm going to call your attention to several of them, and this is by no means exhaustive. We're still going to add our young adults, our senior saints trips. Uh, those will be added shortly, but I want to call your attention to several things uh, that are new for this year. Uh, beginning on Thursday, February the 7th, we'll have a ladies meeting here at the church. Uh, Renee and Susan are actually partnering with some other churches, uh, and they, that meeting will happen here. Uh, details about that will come. There'll be a, a, a light meal before the services, and then they'll be meeting in here in the sanctuary. That starts at 6 o'clock. There's another one on March the 5th. Uh, that is uh, with a guest speaker, Valerie Dowdell from Central Baptist Church. She'll be bringing her ladies. And then Valerie will also be assisting in the uh, uh, Ladies' Jubilee, uh, which is announced for April 5th and 6th. That's a few weeks earlier than it has been in previous years. That's because of my crazy schedule. So uh, they'll be here April 5th and 6th. Uh, several ladies lined up for that event. Several groups lined up for that event. And then our homecoming will be on April the 7th this year. And, of course, as always, we will have Sister Kyla Rowland and Deliverance. We've got the dates for junior camp will be in June. That's grades 3 through 6. We'll give you more information about that. Uh, and then the July 15th through the 18th is our teen conference. Uh, that's for teenagers and young adults. The cost is in there. We will actually, Lord willing, have the sign-up sheet out next week uh, so that you can start signing up for that. We've actually already booked the rooms, uh, but we got to get everything signed up and get the payment started. I'll call your attention to our end-of-summer jubilee here at the church. Mark your calendar for that. That'll be at the end of August. Brother C.T. Townsend, Brother Heath Williams, Joyful Sounds, Lord willing and then of course Kyla Rowland and Deliverance we've got our SAGBC Christmas production already there all of our senior saints and young adult trips are still to come lots and lots of things and as I say every year all of this is pending the rapture if the rapture happens brother Ken will have to reset the dates amen uh, but beyond that uh, we are we are looking forward to a full full calendar year of events uh, and again, this is not even half of them. We wanted to give you these immediately so that you could start marking your calendar. 
Speaking of young adults, on February the 2nd, on Sunday, February the 2nd, a couple of weeks, they're going to be meeting at 5 o'clock in the teen room to go over some things, so keep that in mind if you would. And then we want to uh, do some recognition this morning. Uh, This is to honor our Sunday school attendees. We do competitions for our Sunday school program, and this is to recognize our recently completed fall quarter. And so uh, we've got our five Sunday school classes here uh, that we're going to recognize very quickly this morning. So youngsters, when I I call your name if you will come up please and uh, get your prize and stay right up here so brother Danny can get a picture we start with the M&M class which is our littlest one each of them uh, all the classes have their own point system set up uh, uh, so we start with our little class we've got two winners ten dollars a piece Miranda and Ryder come on down folks uh, he's not here you can come get it later Keith is Miranda here come on down here baby girl come here sweet pea come here come here you can run today come on Look at her holding that pretty little dress out. Come stand right here, doll baby. That's good. Look up here, Brother Danny. Good job, baby girl. Got it? All right, thank you, Miranda. You can go back to your seat, honey. All right. Our next class is uh, called God's Peculiar People. I love that. Uh, Third place with $10, Jace Martin. Come on down here, Jace. Stand right here, buddy. Second place, uh, $15, Jake Turner. And first place, $25, Josh Rohr. Come on, guys. All three boys. I like it. Jace, here you go, buddy. Come stand right here there, big guy. Jake, $15. Good job. Awesome. Come on, buddy. Come on, Josh. Slide over there. You can stand right there. You can get up there. You can stand up there. Stand up, stand up. There you go. Smile big at him, fellas. Good job, boys. He's got it. You can be seated, guys. Thank you so much. Next is our prayer warriors class, and I appreciate our, all of our teachers. Let me pause a moment and say thank you to our teachers. Thank you for your sacrifice of time, uh, preparing weekly for these lessons, these young folks. I'm very grateful for the time, and I sure don't take for granted uh, what you commit to our Sunday school program. Third place, uh, $10, Amber Rohr. Second place, $15, Peyton Horsley. First place, uh, $25, Cameron Gilbert. Come on down, girls. Take your time. Don't get in a hurry. Third place, uh, Amber. Stand right there. Come on, come on, come on. Stand up. There you go. Stand beside her. There you go. Second place, Peyton. First place, Cameron. All right. Smile big, girls. All right. And then, as always, for our teenagers, uh, rather than giving them money, we put money into their accounts to help with junior camp, teen conference, and all of the young adult and teen activities that we do. And that way, that helps them in fundraising capacity. So when I call your name, uh, if you would please stand up. Uh, Third place, uh, we do uh, nine places for our teens. We've got such a strong program. We want to reward them for their efforts and help them with their uh, uh, costs. So $15, these three folks, would you please come down? Amber Mize, Brooke Rourke. Landon Craig I'll let you all just stand so y'all don't have to come down stand up stand up stand up good job turn around look at Danny turn around look at Danny wave at him 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 I feel your pain parents amen been there done that second place uh, $30 a piece Amber Martin Noah Martin Abigail Craig stand up stand up stand up stand up turn around look at Danny turn around look at Danny Wave at him. Wave at him. That's what I figured. With you wearing that Carolina jacket, I knew you couldn't follow one-step commands. Amen. 
Whoop! Amen. God is so good in this house today, ain't he? Amen. All right, in first place, $50 into their accounts. D. Souter, Evan Joyce, and Allison Kitzmiller. Stand up, stand up. Stand up, turn around, look at him. All right, very, very good. I appreciate that. All right, ushers, I need to borrow you all for just a second. Come down here quickly, ushers, if you would. Come on quickly this, e this morning, if you would. I'm going to let you take one of these. Uh, I purposely waited. You're going to see this for the next six weeks now. Thank you, buddy. I'm going to let you just take those, begin passing them out. We're going to talk about a couple of things uh, uh, regarding this and what all this means. Just take a few and pass them out. Let me explain to you what you're going to receive this morning. While they're passing, I'm going to start by saying a huge thank you to you all who gave during 2018 for our parking lot project. Uh, candidly, I don't know who you are. Uh, I know that folks gave money last year for our parking lot. We are eminently grateful. It is nice having those extra 34 spots out there. Amen? It is wonderful. Uh, we are to the point now where uh, we need a new church sign that, to, to accompany our new parking lot. We have lots of projects that we're going to be doing this year. We're going to, Lord willing, finish renovating the entirety of our sanctuary uh, with the carpet, the chandeliers, the pews. But we also want to start with a new church sign. That's an important must that we don't have right now. And uh, we're going to do a fundraising project for that. So that uh, is being passed out, and I'm going to wait for a second while everybody gets one, and I'm going to talk to you. Then we're going to let the little ones head out to Children's Church this morning. Our goal for our sign is $30,000. Whatever we get is, what we're gonna, is the kind of sign we're going to get. A $30,000 one would get us a really nice state-of-the-art sign. Uh, we have a couple of folks who've already given that into that. Not given that. I wish they'd already given 30000 Given to that. Uh, and we are very grateful for that. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a pledge campaign. If you've been with us at SAGBC before, we've done this a few times. We did one for our roof. We did one for our van. And we're going to do one very similar uh, with fingers crossed, Lord willing, and prayers going up that we can raise that 30000 Whatever we raise, that will be what we spend on the sign. We're not going to dip into our building fund for this uh, because the building fund is going to go to renovate the sanctuary, and that's going to cost a pretty penny, so we want to finish that up appropriately. We are going to be pledging this through February the 24th. That's a total of six weeks, and funds are due by March the 31st. Now, let me explain quickly. You can uh, submit your money with your pledge if you'd like. You don't have to wait. If, however, like us, you want to pledge, gather your resources, and then submit, you can certainly do that with all money to be turned in by March the 31st. As we've done, we've got our plaques on our wall of thanks out here. We'll have a fundraiser-level plaque that details uh, the gifts that folks give if they wish to be included. I know some folks prefer to give anonymously, and that is certainly permissible as well. We have our respective donor levels there. Highlighted by, I know you can read, by the donor level, bronze level, all the way up through the diamond level. And we are very grateful. We ask that you look at your individual resources and your finances and what the Lord would allow you to pledge and then to submit. And we ask that by February the 24th, you have completed your pledge form and turned it in. Turning it in means dropping it in the offering plate. And again, I stress that I won't see any of this. Our treasurer... And Miss Leanne, take care of all of this in terms of matching pledges with donations. So if you choose to participate, we hope you will. You put your name at the bottom. 
you indicate at the top your donor level. For example, if you're going to participate in the silver level, you want to give $150, you would check silver level. And over on the right-hand amount, please indicate the amount for the silver level. You would write 150 And then we give you another option at the bottom. Some folks like to give in honor or in memory of someone. We include that on our plaques on our wall of thanks. Let me remind you that in memory of someone means you're donating that gift in memory of someone who is deceased. In honor of someone means you're giving it in honor of someone who is still alive. You're giving it in honor of them. Every year we will receive one that's one or two that says given in memory of, and it will be someone who's still alive. We, we change that to in honor of for reasons that you probably understand. Or you may also select at the bottom an indication that you prefer to remain anonymous with your gift. And that is certainly acceptable as well. The only thing I would ask that you do is that if to, to remain anonymous means you do not want your name included on the plaque, which is certainly fine. We will simply put anonymous gifts. Uh, but we would ask you to put your name on the form so that when the pledges actually come in, we can match the pledge with the name. Does that make sense? You do not have to be included on the plaque if you choose not to do so. So when do you submit this? You can drop this form in the offering plate at any time. You will see for the next six weeks that this will be included as an insert. And then when, it is, when you are ready to submit your pledge or to pay your pledge, here's the important thing, please get this, on your check or on your envelope, please make sure you identify sign. That's the way we make sure that what you're giving matches the pledge that came in. Because if you just put it in the plate and put $200, that's going to go to tithes and offerings. Everyone understands that. Then for those of you who, like me, participate in the online system, Brother Scott has already included a category for sign. So that's available to use if you utilize the online system. So again, we will be pledging this through February the 24th. We ask that funds be submitted by March the 31st. Uh, And I will pause a moment and say we are so grateful. I am so grateful for how generous this church is. Uh, We have been able to do some incredible things uh, the last couple of years in our sanctuary, in our grounds. And Lord willing, we're going to keep doing that. 2019 is going to be a huge year for what we do for improvements. Brother Eddie Gunner has just done a fabulous job inside of our sanctuary. We're going to finish that up, Lord willing, this year and be an even better place for God's folks to come and worship. So you pray about that and you give as the Lord lays upon your heart. And we'll be very grateful for anything that you can do to help us in this capacity. Thank you. Having said all that, let's have the little ones come on down this morning. All those are heading to Children's Church and Junior Church. Come quickly. They're going to come around, collect any loose change that you've got. We call this our penny march. Uh, You take off this morning.
right, everybody heading to Children's Church, Junior Church. All the way up through sixth grade. Come make your way this morning. Come quickly. as always for your gifts that helps celebrate all the gifts that we give to these kids come out of that and also helps with our ladies ministries we appreciate that so much fellas make your way down brother ken come get ready to sing for us be obedient with tithes and offerings while he's coming uh, i'll give you one more quick announcement i think most of the ladies received this next sunday during the afternoon from two to five they're going to have a paint party to celebrate uh, Miss Renee's. If y'all want to have a paint party at my house, my house needs some painting. Amen. Um, but this is going to, that's pretty good. Amen. This is during the uh, two to five a child during the child care center uh, to celebrate Miss Renee's birthday. Information is all on there. Please make sure you RSVP by su to Susan, uh, if you would, and the information is contained. Father, bless uh, the offering today. Thank you for the opportunity that you've provided for us to come to your house to worship, and Lord, to give back that with which you have so marvelously blessed us. Lord, bless Brother Kennedy sings our preaching service to come. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. My chance. God's grace amazing this morning. Amen. Thank God for it. The Lord has promised good to me. His words my hope secures. He will my 
shield and portion me as long as life endures my chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a chains are gone I've been set free my God my Savior has ransomed me and like a flood His mercy reigns unending love amazing shall soon dissolve like snow the sun forbear to shine but God who called me here below will be forever mine will be Amen. Let's all stand together one more time. Page 203 for your congregation. We'll have a fellowship song. Page number 203. The windows of heaven. We'll do it one time through. Have a time of fellowship. That's page 203.
Amen. Thank you so much for your kindness towards one another. Appreciate that immensely this morning, being willing to fellowship and greet folks. Mark's chapter 7 is where we're looking in our Bibles together this morning. Mark chapter 7. While you're turning there, I'll give you uh, one more quick request and ask that you pray for Sister Lucille Sheeler. I chatted with her earlier this week. She has unfortunately had a recurrence of her shingles. Uh, so pray for Sister Sheeler, if you would. I know they would certainly appreciate that. We got a lot of folks joining us online this morning, and I want to say a special greeting to them. We are honored by you tuning in, and I understand Brother Johnny Martin is tuned in. So, Brother Johnny, we love you, and we're praying for you this morning. Glad you're with us. Mark chapter 7 is where we are, beginning in verse number 31. We will read down through verse number 37. Mark chapter 7 beginning in verse number 31. If you found your place, say amen. If you're looking in the Old Testament, say oh me. <laughs> verse 31. And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came into the Sea of Galilee, through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hands upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, put his fingers into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Ephathah, that is, be open. Verse 35, straightway his ears were opened, the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. Let me read that again. He charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, note this clause, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. I love that clause there in verse 37. He hath done all things well. If you're like me and you've been saved for any length of time, you have to reflect back over the course of your life and say, he's done a good job. Look back over the trials and tribulations that our God has brought you through, and you have to say, he's done a good job. If you're like me, you look back over the own messes that you've made of your life. Don't leave me hanging out on a limb. Say amen to that. And you realize how faithful he's been even when you turned your back on him. You have to say, he hath done all things well. I often remember, reflect the little analogy of a child who tries to run away from a parent. Understandably excited by a toy or situation and take off running across the street and the child lets go of the parent's hand but then the parent grabs a child by the collar 
drags him back. Why? Because you love that child and you want to protect that child. And when you look at that and how God has done the same thing for us, you have to say, he hath done all things well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the reading of your word, for the reminder, God, that you have done all things well. Lord, I pray your blessings upon the preaching this morning. We come to the hour that's so important, not because I'm doing it, because you ordained the foolishness of preaching. So I pray that you'd bless the lips this morning. Lord, forgive me for any unconfessed sin. Hide me behind the cross. May I say exactly what you once said and nothing that you don't once said. Convict the lost this morning. Lord, I pray that you would bring the backslider for those of us that need to draw closer to you, that we might do so this morning, and that we'd walk out of here celebrating how good you've been in our life. Lord, we love you, and that's not a surprise. But what's astounding is that you love us. Bless the preaching in Christ's name. Amen. Little boy who is sitting on a park bench with his Bible resting in his lap, he was loudly proclaiming his love for God, singing, God is so good, without worrying about anyone who heard him. Shortly afterwards, a man came along who espoused himself to be highly educated, a man of great learning and thought religion was for the simple-minded, feeling himself very enlightened in the ways of the world, very eager to show this, he looked at the little boy and asked him how he could be so happy in a world that is in a big a mess as ours in. Hey, said the little boy with a bright laugh, don't you know what my God is able to do? I just read this morning that God opened up the waves of the Red Sea and led the entire nation of Israel right through the middle of it. The enlightened man laughed, sat down next to the boy and tried to illuminate him with his great scholarship regarding the supposed miracles of the Bible. That can be very easily explained, said the older man. Modern scholarship and science has proven that the Red Sea in that particular area was probably only 10 inches deep at that time. It was no problem for the Israelite to cross in just 10 inches of water. The boy was stumped. His eyes wandered from the man back to his Bible that he'd just been reading a few moments ago. The man, content that he'd enlightened this poor young child to the finer points of scientific inquiry and higher degrees of learning, turned to walk away. Scarcely... Pardon me, scarcely had he taken a step when the boy began to rejoice and praise God even louder than before. The man turned around and asked him the reason for his resumed jubilation. Well, said the young boy, I just read that my God is greater than I even thought. Not only did he lead the whole nation of Israel through the Red Sea, he topped it off by drowning the whole Egyptian army in 10 inches of water. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter number 7 details a Jesus on a journey that brought him through the region that we know of as Decapolis on the eastern side of the province of Galilee. This is the same region where Jesus had healed the demoniac 
and had chased that, those demons into the swine, and Jesus himself had been chased out of the area known as Decapolis. Thankfully, he was willing to return. Aren't you glad this morning that Jesus came by your way more than once? I can imagine the conversation and excitement that must have filled the air. I can imagine the conversations of things like, He's back. The one who touched the demoniac, the maniac is back. Bring those who are in need of his touch. The healer is back. It's in that setting this morning that our text unfolds. Today's visit would be very different than the previous visit. Today's visit, many of the same perhaps who forced him out of the city would celebrate the fact that he's returned and would make astonishing statements like he hath done all things well. It's on that simple thought this morning that I want to give you what I hope will be a message that will inspire you to be reminded of the fact that God in your life hath done all things well. Can I pause a moment and say, I am so glad that my life is not my own to do with as I please. I look back over the obstacles and the challenges and the history of my life, and I see how if I'd have made my own decisions, how life would have been a great big giant mess. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I don't always like what it tells me. I'm glad I got a God book to go by. I'm glad I got a rule book that lets me know that when I want God's best, I've got the playbook right here in front of me. When I follow the playbook, and sometimes even when I don't, and God gets me back into the direction I need to go, I stand back and celebrate the fact that he hath done all things well. I know most of you know it, but I like saying it. Our God ain't never made a mistake. He's never stumbled. He's never faltered. Nothing has ever taken him by surprise. No situation in your life has ever popped up where he's walking up and down the street of gold, wringing his hands, wondering, what are we going to do next? There is nothing that you've encountered that stumps God that he can't figure out. It stumps you. It stumps me. It stumps your family. But for God, he's done all things well. Let's look at three things this morning. Notice the turmoil surrounding this man. The turmoil surrounding this man. Verse 32 makes this very plain. Mark chapter 7 verse 32 says, They bring unto him one that was deaf. Moreover, he had an impediment in his speech. When you read about this particular situation, this man that was being brought to Jesus as he made his way back through Decapolis, you find that this was a man whose life was unquestionably full of dependence. If you've been in this church any length of time, you would heard me talk about this. Israelites, the Bible days, did not have a system of social security like we understand today. Today, someone who is in... Uh, 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 handicapped uh, or perhaps elderly or, or disabled uh, has a social network net, if you will, that in provides for their long-term care. There is nothing like that in the Israelite society. And so someone who is handicapped, and in this case uh, a person who is deaf uh, and also a speech impediment, uh, is a life of complete and total dependence. 
That means this man was dependent upon someone else for his care. This man was dependent upon someone else for his livelihood. This was a man who in his position was dependent upon others for his very basic needs. Many of us here today would pride ourselves on our ability to get up and go to work. And we think to ourselves that we're a self-made person. May I say to you that any good gift you've got is a gift from God. Any ability that you have is a gift from God. Uh, let's not pride ourselves in what we think we can do, uh, but let's give honor and glory to the God who gave us that ability uh, and realize that spiritually we are utterly and completely dependent upon Him. The old songwriter said it like this, I can't even walk without Him holding my hand. It's a life of dependence. Not only was it a life of dependence, it was a life of despair. I don't want to be unkind, but I will be blunt Israel did not look favorably upon those with a disability. In our society today, oftentimes we see someone with a disability and our heart opens and pours out. Our heart opens, we long to help them, we long to take care of them, we long to make sure that they're provided for and protected. We recognize their dependence upon someone else and so we set upon ourselves to love them and cherish them and take care of them. That was not the mindset of the Israelites. To the Israelites, a disability meant a curse from God, typically. To the Israelites, a disability was a sign of shame and embarrassment. A disability was a mark of scorn against a family, as it said God had not favorably blessed that family. Again, I have no doubt that this man's life was one of loneliness and despair. I have no doubt that this man lived his life from day to day wanting to rid himself of the burdens of that condition. Bad enough to be deaf, but as so often happens with deafness, his speech was impaired. He could not only not hear, but he could not talk plainly. He could not communicate. Yes, he could see, but he longed to live a joy-filled life, and that life of joy was removed because of the snare that had his body. I want to say that again. This man longed to live a life of joy, but joy was not attainable because of the physical snare that had his body. May I pause a moment and be very blunt? That describes every lost person in the world today. They long to have that joy-filled life. They long to know uh, something greater than themselves. They long to recognize uh, the God uh, that created them, uh, but they are snared. Uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.1 that absent the Lord we are dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, you know that a dead man cannot bring himself back to life. Uh, I praise the Lord this morning uh, for the day of my salvation uh, because it brought me from death to life. Uh, it unsnapped the snares of Satan around my life. Uh, and I remind every one of us this morning, morning that the lost man is just like this deaf man longing for something better longing for the joys of life and there's something that has him snared may I pause a moment and say absent a divine intervention there was no hope that's still the same today church no 12-step program no new leaf, don't misunderstand me. I'm a big believer in psychology's ability to help. But you hear me this morning, the answer is Jesus. What's the problem? I don't care. The answer is Jesus. Absent Jesus, no eternal problem will ever be solved. Absent Jesus, the answer is only temporary. Whatever the problem, the answer is Jesus. 
If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't work 100 plus hours a week. I'd shut the door, go home, go to the bed. Amen. The answer is Jesus. Life of despondency and despair. Life of dependency. Number three, a life of distinction. I love what it says in the last clause of verse 32. And they, the they there is the crowd, beseech him, Jesus, to put his Jesus hand upon him, the deaf man. So if I may paraphrase, the crowd that had previously told Jesus to get out of town now looks at him and begs him, Jesus, to put his hand upon the deaf man. Let me pause a moment and celebrate this simple statement. Despite the fact he may be in an embarrassment to his family, somebody loved this young man enough to get him to Jesus. Despite the fact he may have been made fun of and laughed at and ridiculed for what's going on in his life and for his own handicap, somebody loved him enough to say, the healer's in town, let's get him to Jesus. Let me remind you this morning that those of you who've been praying for your loved one for 20 years, don't stop today. Uh, those of you who've been looking for a divine intervention for 25, 30 years, uh, don't stop today uh, because uh, I promise you uh, that God tells me in my, His Word uh, that the, the fervent prayer of a prayer, effectual prayer availeth much this morning. Don't stop today. The turmoil of this man. Number two, the touch of the Master. The touch of the Master. This is an event that we see repeated over and over and over. I'm reminded of the fact that no, listen, no one who ever asked for God's touch was ever turned away. Hey man, nobody who ever sought for the Lord and asked for a divine touch of God was ever rejected. Notice, if you would, this was a personal touch. Verse 33, I think, is interesting. Because Scripture says, And he took him aside from the multitude. In other words, there had been many times where Jesus had healed in a crowd. There had been instances where Jesus had divinely touched someone and brought someone back to life, unstopped the ears, opened the blinded eyes, and did so in front of a crowd that everyone could see. But in this instance, the Lord, for reasons I think I might understand, pulls him away from the crowd and has a personal a personal one-on-one -on -one experience with this deaf man. This man does not need the crowd surrounding him. This is not a big show that the Lord is about to make. This is a personal encounter that Jesus is going to have with this deaf man. You hear what I'm about to say. Jesus could have healed him in a crowd. Jesus could have made a big spectacle of this. They'd already seen the spectacle after all. You listen now. When he had healed the demoniac, that was in front of everybody, and they asked him to leave. When he healed the demoniac, it was in front of a crowd, and they, then the demons were kicked into the swine. The swine goes off the side of the cliff, and the populace kicked the Lord out of town. And so perhaps to, re, to, to prevent a like scenario from happening, he pulls him away from the crowd and has a one-on-one -on -one experience with this man. What does that matter, preacher? 
I pause and say amen to this simple statement. I'm glad I got a personal Savior. I'm glad this morning uh, that the God uh, that is keeping this universe into existence, uh, the God that spoke mankind into existence, uh, I'm glad this morning that his touch is a personal touch. Uh, He's got the whole world uh, to take care of, uh, but he's not too busy to tend to my needs. Uh, I praise God uh, that I've got a personal Savior who cares about my personal problems, uh, who is interested in my personal needs, uh, and who is never too busy uh, to hear my prayers. Thank God for a personal Savior. I take it a step further. I'm glad I don't have to go through somebody else to get to my God. I'm not chastising or castigating what anyone else believes. But I'm I'm glad this morning. Hebrews tells us, us as believers to come boldly to the throne of grace. We may find help in a time of need. I don't have to go through another man or woman. I don't have to go through somebody else. When Jesus said, Teta Telestii, it is finished, and the temple veil was ripped in twain, that that one-way street became a super-duper highway of whosoever will, and I'm glad I'm a whosoever this morning. A personal Savior. What a blessing. Not only do we see this morning that this touch was a personal touch, You know, there was also a persuasive touch. It's fascinating the way the Lord chooses to heal. I mean, he could snap his fingers. He could speak the word. We find instances where he puts spittle on the ground, mud over the eyes. Lazarus comes forth, speaks. He does it so many different ways. I'm reminded that it is not the way that he does it, but it's the persuasiveness of his power. Look what he does In verse number 34, the first part, looking up to heaven, he sighed. Looking up to heaven, he sighed. Give you some Gregology. Remember now, he's not with the crowd. Jesus has pulled this man over here by himself. So often when Jesus chooses to heal, heal, he gives instructions. He tells them what to do. Do you understand what I'm about to say? There was no reason to tell this man anything. He's deaf. Amen. There's no reason to tell this man to go wash in the pool of Siloam, to do this or to do that. The man cannot hear. So Jesus being, listen, the Son of God looks up to the God of heaven. I think, Gregology, in so doing, he's letting this man know that what's about to heaven is a gift from God above. That what's about to take place is coming down from the very throne room of God. So he looks up to heaven and sighs. What does the word sigh mean there? Well, there's a couple of meanings of sigh. If you've run a long race and you're out of breath, you might go, that's a sigh. If you're frustrated at your teenage child, you might go, "Mm." that's a sigh. If if you're exasperated over a situation, you might sigh in such a way that there's a groan or a grunt associated with it. All of these are displays that can be rendered. I think, again, Gregology, that perhaps what Jesus did is look heavenward, and rather than speaking, he sighs in such a way that this man knows he can feel the the growl, if you will, and he knows that something is about 
to happen. Something special is about to happen. Something different is about to happen. This man who spent his entire life uh, being laughed at and made fun of, uh, this man who's never uttered uh, a plain word in his life and never heard a sound in his life, uh, this man is about to experience something that no Israelite doctor could give him. He doesn't look into his bag of tricks. He doesn't look into his medicine bag. He doesn't look into a book. He doesn't look into a philosophy manual. He looks up to heaven and pulls power down from God. It's a persuasive touch. It's a personal touch. Here's my favorite. Whenever we talk about the Lord, it's a powerful touch. It's a powerful touch. He says... Which in the Hebrew means be opened. Or in the Greek means be opened. Literally, unstopping the ears. Although it doesn't say this, I believe it makes very clearly plain. I think perhaps, just maybe, that the first thing this man ever heard was Jesus saying, be opened. Amen. I think that perhaps... I think that perhaps the first thing that this man ever experienced from an auditory capacity was the voice of the one who gave him a new life. You know this story, but I love to talk about it. Fanny Crosby. You will hear many say she was blinded at birth. That's not correct. She wasn't born blind. Fanny Crosby was rendered blind as an infant. When a well-meaning doctor applied to her eyes a salve that was inappropriate and rendered her blind. Of course, Fanny Crosby would go on to be America's greatest hymn writer. 4,000 hymns. At one point, she was on contract to write four hymns a week she was churning out. Memorized entire passages of the Bible. I don't mean verses. I don't mean chapters. I mean books. One of America's most renowned lady speakers at her time uh, traveled with a helper uh, who would on occasionally have to read scriptures uh, for the books that Fanny had not memorized. And she was asked repeatedly uh, if she was ever angry uh, at the doctor uh, who rendered her blind. And her answer was priceless. How can I be angry uh, when the first thing I'll ever see will be Jesus himself? Amen. Notice this morning. Number three, we gave you... Number one, we said that it was a, the te, uh, no, number one, we said the turmoil of the man. Number two, the, 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 the touch of the master. And then number three, the testimony of the multitude. I love this part of the section because I'm reminded these were the same people who in a previous story uh, wanted him out of Dodge. He's the same people from Decapolis uh, who would ask him to leave the area. Notice what they say quickly in verse number 36. He, verse 35, it says, he spake plain. I love that. Verse 36, he straightway charged them that they should tell no man. The more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it. The multitude was absolutely astonished at this man. They were astonished that the man could hear. They were astonished that the man could speak. They were astonished, and they wanted everybody to know. Jesus says, don't go spreading it, but the more he says, don't spread it, the more they spread it. May I pause a moment and say to you, I've witnessed a lot in my life. 
But I have never seen anything as wonderful as how God works in the lives of people. I've seen God do incredible things to people that the crowd and the church had all but given up on. I've seen the Lord take lives rattled by sin, chaos, and addiction and absolutely clean them up, make them a brand new creature in Christ, put them in the Sunday school classroom, put them in the heaven, put them in the choir, put them in positions of leadership. Yeah, there are those who like to talk about what they used to do. And Paul says like this, such were some of you, but you've been washed, you've been made clean. Thank God this morning there's never anything that's as powerful as the touch of Jesus. Notice with me this morning the words that they spoke. They were commanded. I wrote this in my outline and underlined it about a hundred times. They were commanded to keep quiet and they could not. We are commanded to tell the world and we will not. Amen. They were commanded to keep quiet, but they said, we can't. This is too good. We're commanded to tell everybody what God's done for us, and so often we won't. God help us. You know what I have discovered in nearly 18 years of pastoring? That the greatest thing you can tell somebody about the Lord is not the great doctrines of Scripture, not whether you're a pre-tribulationist, mid-tribulationist, or post-tribulationist. The greatest thing you can tell anybody is where you were when God found you, how He cleaned you up, how He made you a brand new creature in Christ. You don't need somebody else's testimony. You've got a testimony of what God did to you, and that is one thing nobody can dispute. I mean, we can argue about whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I don't even know what trib means. We can argue about whether you're premillennial, amillennial, post-millennial. But nobody can argue about what the Lord did for you. Amen. Words of wonder. Then words of worship. Finally, verse 37 says, They were beyond measure astonished. I love that description. In another miracle, a crowd would say, we've never seen it like this. We've never seen it on this wise. The the disciples in the boat would say, what manner of man is this? These these folks here at Decapolis uh, would simply say, as they were astonished, he hath done all things well. Maketh the deaf to hear. And the dumb to speak. Perhaps there were folks there that had heard about the great things that Jesus had done. But now they saw their, his power with their own eyes. Perhaps there were those there uh, that had heard about uh, the miraculous touch of the Lord. And now they had experienced it firsthand. When they witnessed the power of Jesus, they stood back and said... He does all things well. He does all things well. I've told you my testimony. I got saved when I was seven days shy of being seven years old. I wish I could tell you in the 42 years that I have been saved that I had lived for the Lord. I have tried to at times. I've walked away at times. But as I reflect back over the 42 years of my salvation, I got to say the same thing that crowd says. Man, he's done all things well. There are times in my life 
where I did not like what was happening. I don't mind telling you, uh, shortly after pastoring, most of you know this, uh, and the church is exploding in growth. Uh, we had 15 families added in a period of three months. The church was exploding in growth, uh, and then I'm stricken with a debilitating disease and told I got three to five years to live. I didn't like that. In fact, can I, can I, can I be honest? I got a little bit mad. I got a little bit ticked off. We didn't tell the kids. We didn't tell my parents. Uh, we didn't tell the church. Just Renee and I knew it. But I look back now 16 years beyond that, uh, and I say, man, God has done all things well. I have not liked it uh, when I've had problems in church and problems in life and problems here and problems there. Uh, but as I reflect back how God navigated him in, uh, through the problems uh, and walked me through the storms and walked my family through the trials, uh, I stand back on the other side and say, He hath done all things well. So I just try to stand back and this point in my life and say, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. It's a song we used to sing when I was a youngster. It's not as popular anymore. The chorus says, trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus to trust and obey. Let's stand to our feet this morning. He's done all things well. If you're lost here today, He is ready to welcome you into the family of God. I believe the Spirit of God is convicting. If you're here today and you've never been saved, today is your day of salvation. It can be. If you're here today and you're not as close to the Lord as you used to be, you have to say, God hath done all things well in your life. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. I'm going to ask you to help me and be respectful of it as I ask two very simple questions. Here's the first one. This is for the church. This is for believers. This is for the bride. Pastor. I or someone in my family are facing situations that we need divine guidance. Praying for your, want your prayers. I'm seeing a lot of hands go up. Wow. Now I know you're not looking, but I bet 120 hands just went up. You can put them down. If you slipped your hand up, would you just have the courage? Come on, just slip on up to this altar. Folks, this hands went up everywhere across this church this morning. Won't you just step out right now? Come on, make your way. Come on this morning. You need a divine touch. You need God to answer prayer. No shame in that. Step on up here this morning. And ask God to do the miraculous. Preacher, I've been praying for 20 years. Make it 20 years in a week. Don't give up today. Here's question two. Nobody's looking. Preacher, I couldn't raise my hand because my primary need this morning is salvation. I need to be saved. Nobody's looking, but I want to pray for you. Anyone like that would say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to be saved. Brother Ken's going to sing us a verse of invitation. This won't be long, so if you've got a need, I want you to step out right now. Come on, quickly. 
Come on quickly, Brother Ken. Thy strength indeed. Find in me, Jesus paid it all. That's good, Ken. Jesus paid it all. Sing us one more verse, Brother Ken. Verse 2. Sing this chorus with us, everybody. Sing it now. Jesus made it all, all to Him. Sin had left a crimson stain. Amen. All right, girls, come on up here. Gracie and I got ready to say Gracie and her daughter Michelle. Michelle and her daughter Gracie have come forward to unite with our church this morning. So uh, all in favor, both saved and baptized. In fact, I baptized this one. Amen. All in favor, if you'll say aye. Any opposed, come around and shake hands this morning. I want you to fellowship with them. We're glad to welcome them back into our, I know I said any opposed didn't give you a chance. Amen. I want you to come around and extend the right hand of fellowship. Brother Ken, pray for us this morning. Remember 445 for choir practice tonight. Be back with us this evening, 6 o'clock, for our evening worship. I told the choir, we'll have the heat on. Amen. Brother Ken. Heavenly Father, God, I'm thankful, Lord, for the message you brought by their way this morning. God, thank you for speaking through our pastor. God, for those hearts out there that's hurting this morning. God, I pray, Lord, you work out the situations, God. And as they stand back in the days to come, Lord, and Father, they, they can't even hardly figure out how it's going to get done. They'll be able to say in the days to come that he doeth all things well. God, I sure am thankful, Lord, for how you've worked out situations in my own life. Father, how you amaze me every day. I'm so thankful, Lord, for what you've done, how you put this church group together here, Lord, and Father, this family that we have. Father, thank you for these who've come to join again. And Father, I pray, Lord, they'd be a blessing to us and us to them. Father, we sure do love them. Father, they've already been a blessing to us. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to use our church here to be a lighthouse in this community. Father, continue to help us to have the main goal, and that's your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord, that we may bring sinners to Him. God, I'm sure I'm thankful, Lord, for today, and thankful for this message we've heard. God, may we ponder on it. Father, bring us back tonight, Lord, looking for another blessing from heaven. It's in Christ's name we do pray. Amen.